shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. It is Thursday, November 10th, 2022. This is episode 84 of the Human Hope Podcast. You are my friends. I am Carlos Enrique with the Guzman Chibol Cabello, and I got one question. Y'all ready for this? Come on, come on. Hey, hey. We out here coming to you live from Lost Valley Ranch, Colorado. I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. Like, no cell service, which is why you're getting this late. I'm, I'm, I'm going ahead and I'm like, I'm speaking it into life. I know. I'm not assuming that the Wi-Fi connection is going to get this podcast up by 2 a.m., which is when I like. So it'll be up at some point on Thursday. If you're listening live, thank you. If not, you don't even care what I'm talking about right now. But I am in uh, Colorado. I'm here at a gathering of uh, business leaders. And everyone's going to go ride horses today. I am not. Horses and I, they're just too big. They, they're scary to me. You know, somebody tells me that, somebody told me that a dog, if a dog and their obedience and their kind of commitment to you is driven by food, a horse's is driven by safety. And if a horse feels like you don't feel safe around it, it's not going to feel safe around you. And right away, I'm like, okay. That that's it. Like I'm out. I don't ride horses. I mean, and you guys ride horses. Um, I did three years ago. I did come here uh, on a similar event, and I did get on a horse, and I felt pretty, like, you know, confident. Like I I loped. It's not galloping. It's called loping, and I loped on that horse for I don't know, a good fifty yards. And the next morning, after riding for five hours, I I couldn't stand up. <laughs> I don't think that a human beings like legs are created to sit in that position. I don't know. That's just what I'm saying. But I'm out here uh, hanging out with some friends, having a good time. Uh, but today, our podcast is, um, you know, every once in a while, I pull out like Preacher Carlos. Hey, Preacher Carlos. Uh, today's one of those days. Oh, I think this one, I think Preacher Carlos today is going to 
Um, maybe tap into some places of hope. This is called the Human Hope Podcast. And today's talk is actually called Limitless Hope, right? Because I think for so many people, like our hope is limited. I think that we, gosh, especially, you know, two days after the midterms, I, I put up a reel on Instagram where, I mean, I just said, you know, because you woke up the next morning after midterms and the Republicans were like, oh, okay, that wasn't a, that wasn't a red wave. Maybe it was a red trickle. And the Democrats were like, oh man, like we, we didn't do as well as we wanted to do. We lost a bunch. And everyone felt like they lost. And I feel like, I feel like the people that were placing their hope in their, in the political system just ain't ever, you're never going to get it. It's never going to get it. It's never going to deliver you hope. I promise you it is, it is. It is a um, fallible hope that you get, and it is a temporary hope. Of course, like like you feel good when your um, politician wins, but only for a minute, and then that hope goes away because there's a chance they're not going to be there the next time. That that is a limited hope. Politics, policies, procedures, all of that. It's hopeful, but only f- until it's not. And I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to ruin the rest of the podcast, uh, but I'm going to be talking to you guys about today, what it, what it really looks like and how, really how we limit God by not accessing the faith we need to believe the impossible. And I know, listen, I got a friend of mine here that we were talking last night. He's had the crappiest three years of his life. He's a follower of Jesus. He, and we got to the place where he's like, I don't, I'm starting to doubt God, even the existence of God. And I want to let you know, that's okay. Like, like God's not scared of your doubt, doubt, go all the way down that doubtful road. Go because it's human. This is human hope. It's human to doubt. It's okay. Even Jesus' disciples doubted. The one thing he said to them more than anything else was, oh, ye of little faith. Literally look it up. More than anything else he says to his disciples in the gospels was, oh, ye of little faith. Why? Because they doubted. Because life is a bleep storm sometimes. And it's hard sometimes to see through the storm. Um, But today, hopefully, um, we're going to learn a little bit as to how we've been not accessing the faith we need to believe the impossible. Um, And also, how we... Limit the hope God can give us by placing our hope on things here on earth. That's what we're going to be talking about. Um, And, you know, a little bit of hope, a little bit of rescue, a little bit of resurrection, all the things. um, I think it's going to really encourage you today. So with that, y'all ready? Now, before before we hop into that, I do want to give a little love out uh, to one of our partners this week on Human Hope. And you guys know that when you visit our partners, it really helps the show. So when I, when I talk about our partner, if you guys wouldn't mind, you know, if you got a little extra time, hit the link that I'm going to give you so they can see, Hey, guess what? Human Hope Familia is listening. And today's first partner is BetterHelp. This show is partnering with BetterHelp, sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com is an online therapy service. Y'all know I love my therapist. And here's the thing. When we're talking about hope, yes, human hope is fallible. But when you have a therapist, they can align you to where you can tap into what I believe the hope that God has for you. God gave us therapists for a reason. 
He gave people this skill set for a reason and why not tap into it? So it doesn't have to mean something's wrong with you. I think more people need to go see their therapist when something is right with them. And that is what I do with my therapist. So this is what's going to happen. Um, BetterHelp wants to give you 10% off your first month if you guys sign up at betterhelp.com slash human hope. That is B-E-T-T-E-R help, H-E-L-P dot com slash human hope. Go there for 10% off your first month and let them know that Carlitos sent you. All right, now back to the show. Okay, friends, note taking episode. Note taking episode. If you got your Bible, go ahead and grab it. If you don't have a Bible, you can download one on your phone. Um, and if you just don't want to take notes, you just want to listen and get a little bit of hope. I think that this message that I gave um, about nine months ago now uh, at Real Life Church is going to encourage you. Ready for some hope? I am. I'm going to encourage myself now. Let's do this. Limitless hope. Here you guys go. What is going on, Real Life Church? I'm so honored to be hanging out with you guys again here in 2022. I feel like, if I do my math right, it's been since like 2019. Maybe we did this in 2021. I I, I can't quite remember, but I know that I am honored to be back with you guys here. My, my name is, well, I was going to say Carlos, but it's actually Carlos Enrique Whittier Guzman Archibald that is what my mom would call me when I'd get in trouble as a kid. And um, you could just call me Los for short, if you can't roll your R's correctly. And I'm going to be talking for a few minutes today about what it looks like to limit God less when it comes to the hope he's trying to deal into our lives. Now, let me make another caveat here for a moment. I know that I'm not in your super fancy online campus studio. I've watched your online campus experience. It is amazing. But unfortunately, I'm not uh, filming in that location. I'm actually filming in my basement office. Like you're in my office. So just pull up a chair. It's just like we're going to be having a conversation, friend to friend, talking about hope. And uh, I'm excited that I, that you get to hang out with me in my basement. So listen, I love this theme. I love what you guys are reaching towards this year. I, I love that very specifically. Ephesians 3, Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 is, I mean, I, I, can I steal it for my own yearly verse? This is amazing. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or imagine. I, I love that. I, I love that it's actually saying that not only the things that we speak out with our mouths are the things we're going to get hope in, but the things that we even imagine that I believe, even if we don't move it down to our mouth, God knows what is in our heart. So don't be scared to imagine, dream big things this year. According to the power that works in you, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever Amen. There, there, there it is. I mean, we, we can end the two-minute sermon right there. Now to him who is able, right? There's so many things that, that, that we place our hope in. There's so many things that we, we limit the hope that God can give us by placing our hope in other things here on earth. Now, it's completely normal. And you can actually find hope in a lot of great things. You can find hope 
in your relationships. You can find hope in your relationship with your spouse, in your relationship with your kid. And guess what? When things are good, those things are really hopeful. You can find hope in a political candidate. We watched it all happen in November. People had their hopes on a certain thing happening. And guess what? Sometimes that hope works out. You can place your hope in your body, in your body being your temple, in eating right, in exercising, in doing what you feel like you need to do to your body in order to have it continue to function as God created it to function. And guess what? When it's functioning right, that is hopeful. So I'm here to tell you, you're not a bad person for actually hoping in some things in the natural. But can I tell you something? Those things that you hope in in the natural, your relationships, your body, your political affiliation, whatever it may be, they only are hopeful until they're not. Because there will come a point where those things will fall. I mean, it actually says in the Old Testament, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. So do you want to know what you can hope in? It is this, hoping in the word of God. This is how your hope can be limitless when it comes to hoping in God. This is it. Okay, so, so, so I know that our carnal side, I know that our natural side, I know that our human, our fleshly side is going to hope in things. I hope in the Atlanta Falcons on a weekly basis and they rip my heart out of my chest. But guess what? I still hope in them the next week, but I can't trust in that hope because they, they, they ruined me. 28 to 3, we were beating the Patriots. I, mean, I don't even want to talk about it. But let me just tell you that in the natural, we can hope in things, but there, that's not where we're going to get our final hope. It's not going to be the hope that's going to carry us to where we need to be carried this year. Right here in the word of God. This is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. And I'm here to tell you, this is where you're going to find your hope. So for just a few minutes, I would love to kind of hop around different parts of scripture. I'd love to hop around maybe some different stories that we can find different ways to do three things. The first thing we're gonna talk about is how we create hope. You see, I believe that as followers of Jesus Christ, he has given us a mandate to go therefore into all the nations, right? And to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He has given us a mandate to spread hope for humanity. But the only way to do that is to be plugged into the Word. The only way to do that is to be plugged into who He is. It's not complicated. So how is it very specifically we can create hope? Well, I think in order to create hope, the first thing we have to realize is hope is needed because we are living in warfare, right? Like people need hope because there's things that are sucking our hope away. All of those things that I just mentioned that we place our hope in can be the exact same things that are sucking the hope out of us, right? Your political um, presidential candidate or Senate candidate or city hall candidate doesn't win, hope sucked out. Your body starts to wane and you find sickness, hope is sucked out, right? Like, like, like uh, your, your financial situation, hope is sucked out. All of these great things that can give hope will also suck hope away. So. If that's the case, where exactly do we find hope? We find it in the blood of the cross and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is our hope. 
The reason why we need it is because we live in a broken, fallen world. You know, as an example on, on, on how a lot of Christians go about sometimes searching for hope, I, I, I see it happen a lot. I, I see Bible-believing Christians reaching out to various influences in their life in order to find the true hope that really only comes from here. And, 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 and what, what ends up happening is we, we end up going to Google for our hope, right? We end up going to, I don't know, maybe friends that are wiser than us for our hope. And although those things may give you hope for a moment, they aren't going to be the final hope that you need. And let me give you an example. When we first got a dog, the most, the cutest puppy you've ever seen. This is a picture of my puppy. This is Pope. Okay. Pope was our Bernese Mountain dog that we had. We got nine years ago. God bless his soul. Rest in peace, Pope. But, but we got Pope. And this would look like as a puppy. This is actually what Pope looked like a year later. Okay, so I just need you to see the difference of the two puppy sizes. I, I thought he would be a lap dog when he was a puppy. He ended up being a lap dog when he was older. So we got this new dog and we're super excited about our dog. And that last picture that you saw, we had just moved into a brand new neighborhood. Pope was about a year old, the kindest, most loving dog you've ever met. And when we moved into our neighborhood, I, I'd never had like a proper next door neighbor. I'd always lived in apartments with my families. We, you know, we're kind of moving on up, right? Moving on up. And we, we moved into a home with a backyard and a neighbor, which is gonna be awesome. So I walked next door uh, to meet my new neighbor. Knocked on the door and I said, hey, my name's Carlos. I'm your new next door neighbor. He was so kind. His name was Mike. And Mike was like, Carlos, come on in. Let me introduce you to my wife. So I walk in, I meet his wife. I meet his kids. He's like, let me introduce you to our dogs. I meet his dogs. Then he's like, oh, I got one more pet. Let me introduce you to my chicken. I was like, you got a pet chicken? He's like, yeah, this is Stella. So that was kind of weird, but whatever. I said, hello to Stella. Well, I said, come on over to my house. I'm like doing the neighbor thing. We're trading. He comes over to my house. He greets my wife. He greets my kids. He greets my cat, Henry. And he greets my dog, Pope. And it's just, it's the most beautiful beginning of a neighbor relationship you've ever seen. Now, fast forward six days. My phone starts blowing up. Uh, we're, we've only been living there six days. And I'm, it was my daughter, Sayana. And when I see that she'd called, I don't know, 10 times in a row and I missed them, my heart sank as a parent, right? You understand that that's scary when that happens. So I called her back, babe, what's wrong? She's like, dad. I was like, thinking something had happened to her mom or her brother or her sister. I was like, baby, tell me what's going on. And she's weeping, gnashing of teeth. She goes, it's Pope. And I was like, oh no, something happened to Pope. But to be honest with you, I felt a little bit relief. Why? Well, because it's okay if something happened to Pope. I mean, I would have cried and I would have been crushed, but it's a lot better than if something happened to my family. So I said, baby, what happened to Pope? She goes, nothing happened to Pope. Pope is running around the backyard and Stella's hanging out of his mouth. Pope killed Stella. Excuse me? What? Yes. Put your mom on the phone. Heather gets on the phone and my wife looks at me and goes, you need to come home and you need to tell your neighbor that your dog killed their chicken. Excuse me? Now, now it's my dog? Guys, I pulled into my driveway and I did not know what to do. So you know what I did? I picked up my phone and I pulled up Google and I Googled what to tell your neighbor when your dog kills her chicken. Now, let me tell you, over nine pages of backyard chicken forum answers came up and I'm reading through and the number one thing that it kept saying, <laughs> I still can't believe this happened. The number one thing that I kept saying is if you're more sad about your neighbor's chicken than they are, then they'll forgive you. Huh. 
Sounds like a good idea. I think I could pull it off. So I walk over to Mike's house, knock on the door. Carlos, how's it going? And I'm like, Mike, and I'm, listen, friends, I'm trying my hardest to care about this chicken. I'm trying my hardest to, to have one Denzel tear form in the corner of my eye and just roll out. Like I was trying my hardest, but it just wouldn't happen. And I said, Mike, I, I don't even know how to tell you this, man. Stella got out and I think Pope thought Stella was a toy and Pope's running around my backyard with Stella and I think well, Pope killed Stella and he goes, Stella. And he stepped back and I could see that he was devastated. But in that moment, my wife walked up behind me with real tears in her eyes. And she looks at Mike and she goes, I'm so sorry. She was really crying. I'm so sorry. I, I don't know what to do. Can we buy you another chicken? And immediately Mike goes, no, 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 no. It, it's okay. It, it's in a dog's nature. And I thought, it worked. You see, I Googled and crossed my fingers for a little bit of hope, right? Like I Googled and it ended up working. But I'm here to tell you right now, you don't have to Google every situation in your life to find hope. You have got the word of God, which is living and active right here. This is our hope. And so why don't we stop with the Googling trying to find hope in whatever situation we're in and go straight to the word of God. So we know we're in warfare. We know that we have enemies that are against us. That is why people need hope. So how specifically can we create hope? How, how, how do we create it? Well, I believe that we have to be very intentional with the hope that we give. And when we look at Jesus and we look at his life, we see how intentional he was with every single moment of hope that he had, right? I wanna read this scripture for just a second in the Gospel of Mark chapter five. If you're not familiar with the story, it's really two stories in one. You've got Jesus and he's going around doing ministry. He's healing people. People know that he's healing people. And you've got a father named Jairus. And and, and Jairus, his, his daughter, was extremely ill and she was dying. So his friends said, hey, go find Jesus because Jesus can come back and he can come to your house and heal your daughter. But also in the middle of the story, there's this woman who was also looking for healing as well. Let me read this to you. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him when he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus, he came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Now here, here's the thing. Where was Jairus finding his hope? In Jesus, right? Like, we need to be more like Jairus. But if we look at Jairus, and we say we are like Jairus, we have to look at every facet of who Jairus was. Yes, he had a daughter who was dying. Of course, we would all sprint to the nearest thing that would help. Luckily for Jairus, it was Jesus. And luckily for us, it's Jesus as well. So, we're going to pause here. What ends up happening is Jairus starts being like, come on, Jesus, let's go. And they're going through the city streets. But then it says that Jesus stopped because a woman had touched the hem of his robe. And so it's, a, it's actually an incredible story. This woman who'd been sick for many years touched him. And Jesus said, who touched me? She said, it's I. And Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Now listen, this is an incredible story of healing, right? But we got two stories happening at one time. I'm thinking about Jairus in this moment. 
And I'm thinking about Jairus's hope was in Jesus. Jairus's complete and total hope was in what Jesus could do. He'd heard the stories. He'd heard the healings. And he asks Jesus to follow him. Jesus begins to follow him, but then Jesus stops and he heals somebody else. The hardest moment of Jairus's life shows up right now. Watch this, verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking to the woman and those other people, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? I can only imagine the devastation that took place inside of Jairus's heart in this moment. He had asked Jesus to heal his daughter, but Jesus went on and healed somebody else. And then the healing didn't happen for his daughter. How many of us have been in this exact situation? How many of us have been begging Jesus, begging Holy Spirit, begging God the Father to come and heal a certain situation in our life, and then what happens? That healing doesn't happen. Our hope is crushed, but then we see somebody else get some hope. It's real, right? It is absolutely real. And on the backside of these next two partners, I'm going to tell you what to do. And I'm going to show you how to find hope even in those impossible situations. But really quick, here are two of our partners. This week, we've got ZocDoc back as a partner with Human Hope. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix your achy back, get that mole checked out, or really anything else, ZocDoc has you covered. So, how do you do it? Guys, head to ZocDoc, that's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com. Find the doctor that's right for you. Book an appointment in person or remotely. I've, I love the remote option with my doctor. Um, and just find something that works for your schedule. Every month, millions, millions of people use ZocDoc. And honestly, I think it's amazing. So it's my go-to whenever I need to find a quick quality doctor rapidly. Go to ZocDoc.com slash human hope and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That is Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash human hope. ZocDoc.com slash human hope. Also, we are coming back hot with United Faith Mortgage. What an incredible organization. Some of you guys, I'm already getting stories from you guys that decided to test out and see, have the conversation, and you're like, Carlitos, they're actually kind and they actually make sense. Now, listen, I know that this is a season when some people are like, it's going to be impossible to ever buy a home. I know, I know, no need to hide it, right? Interest rates suck. Absolutely. But the news about interest rates is actually making it sound like the world's coming to an end. But the reality is people still need to move. Y'all need still need to move for work, for your first home. Maybe you've saved up for your dream home or whatever it is. People still have to move. What I want you to know is that if you need to buy a home this year, you'd be crazy dumb not to use United Faith Mortgage for two reasons. The first one is they have a really cool direct lender advantage. They use their own money within their own walls, so there's no middleman. That is huge. And number two, on all new home purchases, they pay $1,000 of your closing costs, which is very rare. So... What I want to let you know is it's a family-owned business. They are faith-based, and I really feel like they are going to help you. So what do you guys do? Head to www.unitedfaithmortgage.com for a little bit of help with buying your new home. All right, friends. Now back 
to the show. And the devastation that must have been ensuing inside of Jairus' heart must have been massive. But I want to let you know something. Jesus always comes through. It may not look the way we want it to look, but he always comes through. Verse 36, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid. Don't be, I love that, that's what he said first, don't be afraid. What's he talking about, Jesus? Not be afraid, my daughter just died. Don't be afraid, just believe. Just believe. Well, let me tell you the rest of the story. Jesus continues and follows Jairus all the way to his house. Jesus walks in, he stands in front of that little girl, and he said, rise, and breath entered her lungs. Now here is where the hope can be found. You ready? How you create hope? is you stop asking God to simply rescue you. You stop asking God to simply rescue you out of your situation. Because that's what Jairus was doing. But instead of a rescue, Jesus gave Jairus a resurrection. Do you see that old things had to die in order for Jesus to revive them? in order for Jesus to resurrect them. Our hope is going to be found in the resurrection of things in our life, not just in the rescue of things in our life, not just in the renewing of things in our life. There has to be a complete and total resurrection. And so let's think for a second real life. What are the things in your life that you've just been begging God to rescue? You've just been begging God, come in, this thing's about, I need you to rescue rescue this, this part of my relationship. I need you to rescue this part of my finances. I think I want you to rescue this part of my body. I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that yes, Jesus can rescue things, but even greater is a resurrection. And that is what Jairus got. Can you imagine the testimony that was told when that happened? What in our lives can we allow Jesus to come in and create hope? I think in order to create hope, you truly must let some things die. So that's the first thing. Let's let some things die right now. Well, what needs to die in order for Jesus to completely resurrect it in your life? That's the question. So that's the first thing. Like, how do we create hope? How do we allow Jesus to create hope? That's it. But let, let, let's go to the second. I think it's just as important of a question. How do we receive hope? Wherever you're at, wherever you're watching, just please say this. Receive hope. Thank you. Now listen, when we truly receive hope, we can't go in like this. I tell my kids all the time, like you can't receive anything with clenched fists, right? You must truly be able to do this, to receive it. I think to myself of a story of, 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 of opening my hand in order to see hope received. And I think I, I came from a place of not knowing that in order to open your hands, you actually must open your hands with your ears, if that makes sense. Let me tell you why. Because in order to truly receive from God, which is this, you must learn to hear from God, okay? So the way to unclench your fists in 2022 and receive more hope is actually to learn to hear the voice of God. Now, uh, the last message that I spoke here, actually it was, it was in 2020, was on my book, Enter Wild. And we talked about specifically hearing the voice of God. I won't repeat that sermon. You can go back and watch that. But I'm here to tell you that it is true that we still can hear the voice of God. 
And when we hear the voice of God, our palms come open and we can finally receive the hope that he has for us. Now let's look at um, John chapter 10, verse three to five. This, this right here, it tells us that we can hear, the, hear his voice. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Notice that it actually says that the sheep hear his voice, right? It, it doesn't say the sheep can hear his voice. It doesn't say the sheep should hear his voice. He made the emphatic statement that his sheep do hear his voice. And I'm here to tell you, if you want to receive more hope from Jesus, Holy Spirit, and God the Father this year, you got to learn. Dig in even deeper how it is that we hear the voice of God. And back to it, you want to hear the voice of God? Get in the Word. Get in the Word. This is how you hear it every single day. You, you, you hear it. And, and start to ask God very specifically. God, God like, like, what should I do in this situation? And I'm telling you, you're going to start receiving hope. You know, when I when I first began to like pause and 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 hesitate a little bit before I would act and react as a believer, it's so hard to do that, right? When when, when I finally started to pause to allow the voice of God to come in, so then I would make a decision after, as opposed to you know making a decision before you ask God. I began to see all sorts of incredible things happen in my life, and I'm talking about huge things, but also little things. I've got a story of a little thing. Um, my, my my daughter was, um, when they were like eight and nine years old, they were in love with Justin Bieber. Now, before you judge me, this was like pretty bad decision, Justin Bieber, you know, cute floppy hair, YouTube, Justin Bieber. And they'd saved all their money to go to a Justin Bieber concert. And so I was excited. I took them to that Justin Bieber concert. I, I was like dad of the year. My daughters were so excited, right? And now I just had brothers growing up. So this is the first time I had like ladies in the house like this, right? And so like, I'm like, we, we, we get to the Justin Bieber concert. There's a big countdown timer on the wall and it's counting down, you know, five minutes before the Biebs explodes from the stage, four minutes before the Biebs explodes from the stage. And I look over at my daughter about 30 seconds before the Biebs expl exploded from the stage and she's weeping. She is crying, my eight-year-old daughter. And I'm like, what in the world is wrong with her? How have I failed as a father? Why is she crying? I looked at my wife and I was like, what's wrong? She's like, she's going to be fine. It's okay. So she cries the entire concert. She cries halfway driving home. She's just weeping. And finally, I'm like, you know what I need to do as a dad? I need to fix her. So I'm driving home. I'm like, hey, baby, can you tell me why you were crying in there? Now, listen, my wife gave me the same look a lot of you ladies are giving me right now. Like, don't you, you be careful what you say to my daughter right now. And she goes, daddy, I just love him so much. Oh my God, I just love him. Excuse me? Did you just say love him? You know what I almost hopped into? You don't even know that floppy hair boy. You don't know the first thing about love. You know what? He don't love you. Let me tell you about love, right? I almost launched in. Now, would there have been any hope in that conversation? Absolutely not. So you know what I did instead? I asked Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you have for my daughter right now? And instead of the conversation going, babe, you, 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 you're so, you don't know him. You don't love him. You don't love you. It went to, oh, you, you, you know the feeling that you feel right now? 
You know how great that feels? Can I tell you something? That is a drop in a bucket of the ocean of how much God loves you and what he feels for you. So can I tell you something? So I know you feel like you may love Justin Bieber, but let me tell you how much more God loves you. And for the next hour and a half from Memphis, Tennessee to Nashville, Tennessee, my daughter and I were able to talk about the love of God. Why? Because I received hope by pausing, by resisting the urge to charge in and to fix it myself. Listen, we can't be fixers constantly, right? Like our hope isn't going to be found in, in striving, like that, that's what we want to do. We want to roll up our sleeves, strive, get it done. Okay, I've got the hope. I'm the hope machine. No. Hope isn't found in striving. Hope is found in surrender. So how do you do that more this year? How do you surrender more this year? How do you hear the voice of God to open your hands and your palms to receive more from God? Surrender. Slow down. Resist. And ask in every situation, Holy Spirit, what is it you have for me? How do I react to this? What is it I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to go on that trip? Am I supposed to take this job? Am I supposed to go to Chick-fil-A or Chipotle? Whatever it is, it's going to be right here. Now listen, friends. I know this is a lot. And um, I, I actually have, I've got, I've got another 40 minutes here. Justin, uh, you know, I, 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 could, I could preach the next 10 Sundays on this because there's so much good stuff on hope. But, but I don't want to overwhelm us. I want to keep things very simple. I want us to know that you truly can, you can, you can create more hope in your life. You can receive more hope in your life. And when you create hope and when you receive hope, I'm telling you, that is when the rescue comes in, right? We talked about resurrection as opposed to rescue. I'm telling you, Jesus is the rescuer. He will come in and rescue that hopeless situation, right? Like specifically, this theme is limit less. That's exactly what we want to do, right? We don't want to limit God less. We want more of God. We want more hope. We want more faith. We want the, all of these things that are going to be packing up in these next few weeks as we talk about this. I want to end with one last scripture. Because some of you, when I talked about opening your hand in order to actually receive the hope, if you're in need of rescue as well, guess what? You don't just receive gifts with your hands like this. You actually can receive the hand of God that is reaching out to rescue you in this moment if you open your hand as well. You know, we, you, we got a scripture that, that, that shows us this. We're going to hop to Matthew 14. And you got Jesus' disciples. And, you, and there was always that one disciple, right? You always, we always have that one friend, that knucklehead friend that we're always having to be like, come on, bro, just trust me. And that's Peter. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage in his eye, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Prove it, Peter said. And I love it. Jesus just said, come. Just one word. It said, then Peter got out of the boat and he walked on water. Peter was walking on water crazy. And he came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his, that's right. He reached out his hand. Remember? He reached out his hand and he caught him. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Friends, you got to open your hand. 
2022, you want more hope? Open your hand. Allow God to be the rescuer of hope in your life. I'm, I'm telling you, that is so important, right? Like when you're scared, when, when, when something is scary, especially if you were like a little kid, you want to hold someone's hand next to you. Not only can we be rescued by opening our hand up to Jesus, but we can be the hands and feet of Jesus and rescue others. I'm telling you, it's all about the hand. Hearing God is opening your hands like this and being rescued by God is opening up your hands like this as well. I was on a Southwest Airlines flight. How many Southwest Airlines fans are there out there? Are you are anyone a Southwest Airlines fan? I want to let you know, I'm not a Southwest Airlines fan. Now, nothing against Southwest Airlines, but I'm kind of a Delta snob. Now, I'm a Delta Diamond, which means I fly way too much, which means, though, I get to board first. I get to know my seat ahead of time. I get my upgrades. I get the Delta Sky Club. I get all the little perks. Yet when I fly Southwest and I have to fly every once in a while, I lose all those perks and I suddenly have to board like cattle as they herd us into our zones. And if you're the last person to board a Southwest Airlines flight, you are, my friends, public enemy number one. Well, well why is that? Well, because if you're the last person to board a Southwest Airlines flight, nobody has a seat assignment. So anybody that has an empty seat next to them is praying with everything inside of their ethos that you will not see their seat and sit next to them. And so as I walked on to this airline flight, Southwest Airlines flight, last, I was the last person, every single person with a seat next to them was like, <coughs> you know, coughing, acting like they've got COVID, whatever it is. And I'm like freaking out. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like, somebody please look at me. And this older man in the back of the plane accidentally locks eyes with me. And I was like, busted. So I go running up to him and I was like, I turn on the charm and I was like, hey, sir, uh, could I sit in that seat next to you? And he crossed his arms and he looks at me and goes, mm. he didn't say anything. He's kind of grunted. And I was like, huh? Well, no, no, no. Like, like there's like, like I, I've got to sit next to you because there, there's, there's not a lot of seats, you know, and it was so awkward. So I finally like forced myself over him and sat in the middle seat. And this man was just like, I mean, he was, he was rude. He's like, crossed his arms, almost shaking like this. So I pulled out my phone and I'm like, hey, look at my family. Like, you know, like, what do you do? What do you, man doesn't say, he just keeps looking straight ahead. And I'm like, I've sat next to rudest man in America. Fine. I tried God, but whatever. So we fly four hours next to this man. Four hours. I fly. And we're about 20 minutes from landing in Atlanta. And the plane starts to bounce just a little bit. And I get a little nervous. I fly all the time, but this is bouncing a little bit more than normal. And it bounced so much that the pilot got on the intercom and said, ladies and gentlemen, the winds are blowing 40 miles an hour in Atlanta. In order to safely land, we need them to, land, to go down to about 30 miles an hour. So we're going to give it a shot. Excuse me? You're going to give it a shot? Now, Southwest Airlines flight pilot thought he was being funny, but it was freaking me out. But then I looked over at Rudest Man in America. Homeboy was trembling. There was sweat dripping off of his face. His shirt was completely soaked. He was hanging on to that, that uh, seat in front of him like this with the grip of death. And I realized in that moment, he was not rude. What was he? Yeah, he was scared. So I thought, oh, I know what to do. I know what to do. I know how to rescue hope in this, in this situation, right? I know how, I'm gonna pray for him, right? I'm gonna pray for him. So I prayed for him, I prayed a beautiful prayer. I, I, I sprinkled some traveling mercies on him in my prayer. I built a little hedge of protection around him in my prayer. I felt like such a great prayer. But guess what? If we are going to rescue hope in the name of Jesus, we can't just pray. There has to be action that follows our conviction. 
and I knew what I needed to do, but I didn't do it. I, I, I go back to the, to the story of Peter. And he's sinking. He never could have been rescued had he not reached out his hand. So I did what any strange Enneagram 9, 40-something-year-old man would do. And I took my hand just like this and I put it on my lap. And I was like, dear God, please don't let him grab my hand. And sure enough, friends, one second later, five cold, wet fingers interlocked with mine. And now here, I mean, here we are having this moment at 30,000 feet. And I'm like, oh my God, he's holding my hand. He held my hand all the way down. He held my hand all the way to the gate. I was looking out the window the entire way. And we got to the gate and I was like, oh, we've been holding hands. We at least better make eye contact. I'm like, oh. So I turned to look at this man. He lets go of my hand. He stands up. He walks off that plane and he never says one word to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he used me. That's what I felt like. But the second I felt like he used me, God was like, nah, he didn't use you. I used you. He used me. You want to rescue more hope for people in 2022? Open your heart, open your hand, and risk a little bit in order to rescue. Friends, in real life, it's going to be a year. And it's a year filled with the hope of Jesus. Let's find all of our hope. Let's dump all of the hope of Jesus into our hope bucket. And let's try to get all the other stuff that we find our hope in. Enjoy those things, but don't put your hope in it. Put your hope in Christ alone, the hope of glory. God, I just pray right now, and I ask very specifically, that for anyone that is in need of seeing more hope, will you show them exactly what it is they must do to allow something in their life to die so that you can resurrect that thing and they can see that hope created. And for those of us, Jesus, that, that are in need of receiving more hope, will you please show us that we must hear your voice. If there's somebody that hasn't heard your voice in 30 years, may today be the day that they hear your voice. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, for those of us in need of rescue, may we open our hands. And for those of us that are in need of stepping out and rescuing in your name, may we reflect Christ, the hope of glory. For it is by the blood of the cross and the power of the resurrection that we all said, amen. Amen. Fam, I hope that was really helpful for you. I know I needed to hear myself say that again and um, just have that hope and know that even if the world is crashing down around you, it is not over. Your story's not over because you're still breathing. Um, hopefully you guys got an infusion of hope today. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with me on another episode of the Human Hope Podcast. This is Carlos Enrique with Guzman and Chibo Cabello, and I will see you next week on another episode of Human Hope.